Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I'm always looking to help the Next Level Soul audience take their soul to the next level. And I've been able to partner with Mind Valley to present you guys with a ton of free master classes between 60 and 90 minutes covering mind, body, soul, relationships, and conscious entrepreneurship. Some of these master classes are taught by spiritual masters, relationship experts, best selling authors, legends in the personal growth and spirituality space, and so much more. So if you want to sign up for any of our free mind, body, and soul masterclasses, just head over to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. On this episode, we have near-death experiencer, Jan Christensen. And Jan and I had a wonderful conversation about her near-death experience, her work afterwards, and her new mission to help as many people as humanly possible on their life's journey. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Jan Christensen. How are you doing, Jan? Thank you. I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing great, my dear. Thank you so much for coming on the show and and sharing your journey, uh, your your interesting life, to say the least. Uh, well, I'm really pleased to be here, for sure. For sure. So, so my first question is, what was your life like prior to your near-death experience? Um, well, I would say my adult life was living on a... Uh, complete and total fast, fast, fast pace, like being on a, a treadmill or a hamster in its, on its wheel. It was just um, unbelievably um, wired and moving and, and having to um, meet so many commitments, not spiritual at all. <laughs> so what, uh, so tell us what happened to you on your near-death experience. Well, um, I was at work, so it it happened at work. I was a community nurse, and I slipped on ice, which can be a very simple thing. However, I shot up in the air and came down headfirst. So, yeah, not not fun, but turned out to be um, a wonderful thing in my life. Turned out to be quite a miracle in the end. The things that came out of that were... Um, something that I probably would not be led to where I am today without having had that experience. So when you fell, did you, did you go uh, right away or did you, when did it actually, when did you start to experience your near death experience? Yeah, I was knocked out immediately. So um, then, you know, it's, it's really hard to say. I was probably unconscious though for a good 10 minutes at least. And what happened was it seemed very quick, but left me feeling a complete change in my life. It was very profound, even though it was short-lived. And I probably didn't see everything there was to see over there, but I saw enough to really change things for me. So what did you see on the other side? So um suddenly I was aware of being in a quite a dark place, but I could see without my eyes and I could hear without my ears. It was just the experience of being in this place where it was fairly dark and knowing I, I, I looked around and I thought, where am I? And then it was a knowing of, oh, I'm here. Okay. And then um no thoughts just this feeling of 
very similar to what you would think it would be like if the air comes out of a balloon. There was just this. And suddenly I was out of my body, no longer contained, but just it was a complete feeling of ah, just expansion. And I experienced myself as pure consciousness flowing, just this gentle flowing and knowing that all was well. And as I, I was in this flow, suddenly I could just feel everything that was floating just expand in every direction. So it was kind of like just becoming a part of everything that was around me, just a flow. And there was no, no end to it. It just went on and on. And then the thought that I had was, wow, the way I felt, I thought I could just stay here forever and I wouldn't need anything else. And as a human, that's, that's really hard to imagine. How could you feel in a way that you would not need anything else? I thought I could just stay here forever. And I just continued in this gentle flow. And I felt so good. And I knew immediately that it was an overwhelming feeling of love. It was just intense and everywhere. And it was me. So as I stayed in that state and just felt perfect and kind of knew that this would be fine just to be right there in that state forever. Suddenly this thought came to me, what about your daughters? And I thought, you know, they still need me. And the feeling of, yeah, they do. And there was no uh, feeling of argument or feeling of, no, please, you know, I want to stay here. It was just a, a perfect feeling of, yeah, okay, I'll just go back. And then it was a feeling of just springing back and going back into my body and feeling the density again, just feeling mm. complete enclosure. And um, with that, I, I wasn't feeling any discomfort until suddenly the darkness just became kind of light. It was like the sunlight started to come through my eyelids again. And then I opened my eyes and was back in uh, pretty much distress at that time. Now, everything that you just said all happened in this void, in this black void? Yeah, it was very dark, but still with a seeing, still with a seeing of, uh, in a, so a lot of people have the experience of seeing their loved ones and seeing mm -hmm. all kinds of things. I just experienced complete and total oneness. So there was no with life review. There, there was no life review. There was no guides there. There was no anything it was just you and a void and it's all happening during this time and i just became everything and pure love total and complete pure love in a feeling that was so intense and so perfect and imagine needed nothing else ever again nothing else so so there was no voice there was no even not voice but even a telepathic message nothing no the only message that I took fully and completely and totally was that we are pure love at our core. And this pure love is our spirit. And our spirit is, is kind of like a, a cup of, of the universe that gets dumped into our body. And this perfect cup then joins with our human form and everything is dulled down in the in the sense of of our, how we feel 
our feeling of love. But the essence of me, who I feel here, is the same as who I felt out there, just not as intense. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Kind of like uh, muddied up here in this in this reality, almost dense. Well, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's just it's it's there and it's perfect, but it's not at that same high level as it was out there. So when you came back uh, to your body, were you in the hospital? Were you still on the ice? We were still on the ice, and so uh, I I couldn't form words. I couldn't move at first and my feet were stuck over my shoulder and my purse lodged under me and it kept my feet from falling back down. So um, all I could do is, is scream the thought in my head, feet go down. I was trying to make that happen with it, with verbal cues. And finally I did get my feet down, but I was not getting very much oxygen when my feet were up there. It was like I was squishing my chest. So there wasn't a lot of oxygen. And I had a long road to recovery after that. Um, a head injury can, it can be a pretty difficult thing to go through. And they told me that I was disabled from here. From there on in, I would be disabled and I just needed to accept that. And so I lost my nursing career. My life changed tremendously and, and significantly. Um, and I was off work for quite a while. And literally, I could stand in the kitchen and my daughter would say, could you put some toast in the toaster for me? And I would turn and go two steps and I would forget where I had gone. Mm. I would forget what I was going for. I would be speaking to someone and I had what I called this blank screen come down. The conversation was just suddenly gone. Didn't know what we were talking about. It was, it was rough. It was really rough. And I didn't get a lot of, um, I didn't get a lot of confidence from the medical field that it would be okay, but I knew it would be okay. And I was able to access, uh, I was able to access my, my spiritual self, my soul in ways that were, were just pure wisdom. And I could be as normal as can be with my spiritual self. It was just my physical self that was damaged. And it, it really gave me a tremendous insight into uh, I, the three principles. Have you ever heard of that? Mm -hmm. Mind, consciousness, and thought? Go for it. Please explain that. That's I, yeah, that's actually what my first book was about. And so a man by the name of Sidney Banks takes credit for bringing up this um, three principles, mind, consciousness, and thought. However, it was actually a psychological thing that was developed or thought up. I came to someone many, many years ago, a man by the name of William James back in the late 1800s, came up with this idea of mind, consciousness, and thought. And it didn't fly back then. But what it is, is it tells you that we have, a, we have these three things, a mind, and there's a consciousness, and then there's thought that forms around that. And consciousness is actually everything. We have a personal consciousness, and there's also a universal consciousness. So people often have a little trouble fitting that into the human mind. What can be a mind or a human consciousness and a universal consciousness? And this is where my new passion lies, <laughs> the energy, because we're energy from head to toe. Mm -hmm. Everything about us is energy. Our in the form and the formless that we are, in our body and in our soul that lives inside of us. So this consciousness is also energy, which is everywhere. And um, with our human brain, we have a consciousness that we go through our life with. However, this universal consciousness or our soul consciousness, our spirit, is so much bigger and so much more vast. And it's what I experienced when I was out there. 
this universal consciousness. It's wisdom, it's divinity. It's actually what many people think of as God. Now, many people think of God as someone, a little man who sits up in the sky. <laughs> For me, I, I don't see it as that. I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual. So I don't follow any religious doctrine, which is a scary thing for people. Often people have to believe things that are very frightening. They have mm -hmm. to behave in certain ways. However, this God that I see, the energy, the consciousness that is everything, that is divine and wisdom, uh, it is so magnificent. And it's inside of every one of us this energy, this consciousness. And it gives us the ability to be much wiser than we could ever really understand until we learn to feel our spirit and understand it. This wisdom um, would be something that, that was back in the, uh, you could see with someone like Tesla or um, the these amazing people from history that we wonder how did how did they know the things they knew? They were literally tapping into the consciousness, the universal consciousness and wisdom. So it wasn't anything that they could have learned from the brain. Here is a human on Earth, right? The things they knew were beyond that, way mm -hmm. beyond the human brain. And I think our human brain is wonderful. It's but it's like a computer. It only knows what we put into it. However, this universal consciousness, this energy, this divinity that's also in us is wiser than the human brain, wiser than anything that could be understood by the human brain uh, or made up by the human brain. Are you following me so far? Absolutely. I... No, I'm compl yeah. completely 110%. This is what we talk about on the show all the time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um, with this, with this beautiful consciousness, most humans on the earth don't know a lot about it. They don't understand how magnificent they truly are and the capabilities they have when they start to let this energy flow through them and hear the wisdom that comes from our soul hear the wisdom that comes from this uh, divinity the god in us and it's something that quite honestly i have just learned to appreciate and to um capitalize on in a very big way <laughs> so i'm not i don't feel i'm that much ahead of anybody who uh might understand or not understand it, but I do feel that I have the tremendous blessing of being able to share with people how to understand this soul mm -hmm. and what it can do for your life and for you as a human being. And that feels pretty special. I'm pretty happy to have this knowledge that has come down to me. Let me ask you a question. Why do you believe that you went through this near-death experience? Oh, well, in many ways, it's very difficult to know anything for sure. But this near-death experience, I think, came upon me to change my life. I could not go on. And I, I don't believe I would be here today if I was still on that hamster wheel. It was way too stressful, and my body would just not have uh, carried on. I would, I would be gone. <laughs> and so the near-death experience, which actually took me away and brought me back, has allowed me to live a much longer and fuller life. So maybe that's the reason I had it. I certainly think I have, have been spared, allowed to be here to teach people some things, well, I think. Well, what are some of the after effects that you felt in your life after you came back? The, the changes you saw within yourself, what were some of them that you can note? 
We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Uh, Well, it did take me a long time to recover. So the changes did not come for quite a while. Um, I would say it was a good 10 years before I got some of the benefits of what had happened to me. Yeah. And the, I think the changes where the changes are that I, I understand so deeply and intensely the spiritual side of who we are. And I'm probably clearer on that than I am on the human side of who we are. <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoy the spiritual side of me so much more than the human side of me. So my, uh, my struggle is to try to bring those two things into a much better uh, alignment, into, into living a life which is rounded with both of those things, the human and the spirit, equally feeling good about both of those things. As a human, we suffer so much. And that's how I spent most of my life, thinking and believing the thoughts that I had meant something when most of the thoughts that we have as our human brain or our ego throws at us, most of those thoughts do not even need to have us pay attention to them. Mm -hmm. And that is a big eye-opener for many people. Because most people believe if they have a thought, it must mean something. However, what happens in our human ways is this. We have a thought, and then we immediately attach an emotion to it. And then we think there's an action that's required. None of that is true. Just because you have a thought, you don't need to allow an emotion to attach to it. And you don't need to have a behavior follow that. I would love it. I always enjoy enjoy asking this question from near-death experiencers because it's fascinating to me. When you came back, how did the people around you deal with this new version of yourself? Even if it was, you know, years after the accident, I'm assuming people around you didn't accept. I mean, you came out of the closet at one point or another with this story. Obviously you kept it quiet for a while. When you came out, I've heard many different people, you know, different versions of it where, oh, I was accepted by my my family or my family. I'm now the black sheep. We don't talk about it. Or I lost my, my friends. I lost my colleagues. What was it like for you? And how did you deal with it psychologically? Um, my immediate family, my daughters and my husband, they didn't buy into it at first. They did not see what I was seeing. <laughs> they thought it was very interesting but they couldn't quite get their head wrapped around it. Now, my daughters are so uh, appreciative of it because it's changed their life too. Mm. The understanding that they can, they no longer have to believe that they have a war inside, that they can be peaceful inside. For them to find this at a young age is so amazing. And so they're both right on board. I have to, I'm going to stop you there for a second because that's so profound. That comment is very profound. And I want to dig into that a little bit that for people listening, that you don't have to be at war within yourself, the thoughts, the, the monkey brain, the, these things, the ego that are constantly fighting with you. When you realize that you don't have to engage, how do you, so for, for people listening, if this is going on, which has gone, happened in my life, happened in your life, we all go through it at one point or another in our existence. What advice do you have for people who are dealing with this right now? And how can they escape this kind of internal warfare that they're going through? Yeah, it, it is. It truly is a human condition that needs to be addressed, isn't it? Because mm. we know, we know that most people are running around out there totally and completely with a war going on inside that maybe nobody knows about. And the way that they can deal with that is first of all, by understanding that they don't have to believe their thinking. Mm -hmm. And they don't have to believe most of what 
society has taught them, which is not popular for many people to hear because everybody wants to believe that they've always been given the right information <laughs> by their parents, by the world. And I stand firm in the belief that we have been given very little right information about who we are and how we can be in our lives. We've taught, we are taught to be judgmental. We are taught to have opinions. We are taught to argue, to how, take a stand. None of that is required. None of that. Isn't and, it? Isn't it funny though? I don't mean to interrupt you, but isn't it funny though that we look at our parents, our our community, our religions, our countries, our societies for the answer, but they're made up of the same humans with the same problems that you're dealing with, yes. and they're and they're telling you, no, no, but I figured it out, but it doesn't seem to be working for you, ma'am or sir, but you're telling me what to do, or you know, dogma yeah. from, dogma from religion or dogma from your country or your or society or cultural situations it's fascinating that we look for answers yeah we look for answers from people who are looking for answers you know that's yes it's so weird you know it's so sad it is so sad and this this reminds me of what's been going on with me and my grandson lately my grandson and i uh he's seven years old and he keeps saying he's so spiritual, not from any desire to be. He's just, he just came in this way. And yesterday he said to me, Grandma, why is there a metric system for measuring things? And, and then there's this other system. I said, I know. Isn't it nuts? <laughs> and I told him, there is no reason for it. It just came to be. And that's what I didn't say this to him, but that's with everything in our society. Why do we do it this way? Well, I'm afraid you can't ask why. What you need to do is you need to go inside and say, is this the way that I want to do it? Is this the way that I want to be? And, you know, our spirit, it, it talks to us totally and completely all the time, but we don't know how to listen to it. We have this gut feeling. It, and it's actually, I've heard lately people talking about it like this. Our heart will give you the answer six seconds before the brain gives you the answer and the heart answer is your soul answer so often when people will say i'm going to ask you something and i want you to give me your immediate response and that's pretty cool because your immediate response is going to be your soul it's when you let the thoughts go that you get lost absolutely without question so back to that original question your family were your family was very oh, yes. accepting after a while <laughs> How did yeah. the outskirts of uh, the, the rings, the circles outside of your relationship circles, if you will, your friends, yeah. colleagues, things like that, how did that work out with you? And again, how did you yeah. deal with it psychologically? Yeah. Well, outside my immediate family, my husband and children was my brothers and sisters. And, you know, it wasn't very cool for them. They're university professors and they're very intellectual people. So they did not think this made much sense. <laughs> and to this day, uh, one sister kind of likes it, one doesn't. My brother just fell in love with my book. And he said, you know, I have learned more from this book about life than anybody has ever been able to tell me. And it was just simple things, simple things that you and I are talking about today. And so it changed his life. Um, that's pretty cool. Beyond that, I don't care. Um, many people probably look at me as quite weird. I just kind of hide myself on Facebook around people who love this stuff. And that's good. I like that. <laughs> well, it's interesting, though, I mean, because you, you've you been doing this for a little while now. Um, mm -hmm. When this happened to you originally, this conversation probably couldn't have happened in a public forum as, as easily as it is today. You're right. You're right. It's becoming so much more acceptable. Isn't that to interesting? a lot of people? Right. And it's, it it's, really it, is the things that used to be on the outskirts, like 
channeling, which is a thing that now people are like, oh, I'm channeling Michael Jordan for the shot. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. or th these kind of words, uh, meditation, um, you know, mediumship, there's shows on television about, you know, mediums doing what they do and psychics and things. These were kind of like parlor tricks on the outskirts kind of conversations. And let's not even talk about consciousness and the meaning of reality and, and now having science and quantum physics come in starting to support ideas that have been around for 6,000 years. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Oh, yeah. Don't you love that? Oh, my God. It's <laughs> one of my favorite conversations to have on the show is when we have a quantum physicist on who is spiritually inclined and they start talking about how physics, quantum physics specifically, and spirituality are starting to inter interconnect, and what that means to you know, if you understand the the basis of reality, it all supports all the things that we're talking about—a larger consciousness we all want. These concepts, like what your brother is saying about your book, these are very simple ideas. They're not, you know, a quantum physicist, you know, equation. You know, it's not quantum physics equation. These are simple ideas. Even if you go back to the teachings of Christ, very be, do unto others. The kingdom of heaven is within you. You know, I am the Father as you are. Like the, these very basic concepts that we've all said now, and we're saying now, but now are becoming more and more accepted. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, do you believe now that we are at a stage where we are awakening at a much faster clip than we were? 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, even in my lifetime, things Absolutely. were completely different. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, physics just blows my mind. I, I'm certainly not a scientist and I certainly don't have the understanding that scientists have, but I have some pretty cool understandings. And one of them is that quarks, the smallest particle, that's inside of us, the smallest particle that's everywhere, the smallest piece of matter. These quarks are now exploding faster than ever. So if the smallest particle is exploding faster than ever, of course things are moving faster. The universe is growing faster. Everything is, is um, fast-tracked. And here on earth, we're certainly going to feel that. And as human beings, we're going to feel it. And in fact, interesting is, is a scientific fact that the sun is moving. So that when I first heard that, I didn't really like that because that was kind of scary. If the sun is moving, what's going to happen to us? Well, wouldn't you know it? The sun is moving, but it's moving us with it in its magnificent, magnetizing way, it's moving the earth along with. So it's keeping us safe. We are always safe and always protected by this divine energy. And the fact that the sun is moving us is so cool. <laughs> and we, it is moving us into a new energy. And this new energy is much easier, I believe, much easier for people to live in. It's it's only easier if people will surrender a bit to the things that they are actually made of and the things that they can do. People who fight this energy hmm. are having even more trouble now than they had before. So that makes me, that makes me very sad when I have to say that, but it, it is a reality that we're living in. Um, so we know from a physicist's point of view that the energy is changing. And we know from ourselves here on earth that the energy is changing. People's beliefs are changing. We can see all this changing. If people are going to fight that, they are going to have more problems, more trouble, more social difficulty, more inner angst. So the more people that can understand this and awaken even a bit, they will find so much more peace, so much more peace. The earth actually for many, many years really just um, 
attracted life. That was its only interest. And of course, the earth has a consciousness because everything has a consciousness. So if the earth was attracting life and that was its main goal and what it did over and over again, then you can see how war and trouble would be there because if you're just attracting life, um, there's no attention being paid to loving ways and caring for one another. It's just kind of an evolution of uh, the strongest will survive and more life comes. Now, the earth has changed its consciousness and is attracting and wanting to attract loving ways, caring for one another. Mm. And that gives me such hope, gives me such hope. And I guess it's because we're moving, I guess we're, we're in a new energy. So the energy consciousness is changing of the earth. And for it to be changing to want more loving ways. When you said surrender, and it's such a powerful statement, when you surrender to um, your higher self, to the universe, to the guides, whatever that's guiding you along your path, things become so much easier. And do you believe that the people who fight are, it's ego that's fighting. Ego doesn't want to let go. Ego wants to continue to try to control something that it has no control over. I mean, the reason we get upset is because we have lost control over something we have no control over. If something, if someone is doing something that you don't want them to do, that's ego trying to control something that's uncontrollable. So would you agree that that's the main reason why we're having so many problems with people beginning to just let go? Yes, for sure, for sure. Uh, the ego is is the human mind, right? And so if you're going to follow that, we've discussed what is going to happen. You're going to follow those thoughts and you're going to follow the human mind and what the brain could come up with. Uh, there's just going to be discord and upheaval and no, no attention to harmony and love and no attention to the spiritual self of who we really are, our soul. Was there a point in your evolution after your near-death experience that you had to do that, to surrender to this new paradigm in your life where you, you know, you, I guess when you had the accident that kind of forced you to change because you couldn't go back to your career or anything like that. But at the point where you're like, something's telling you it's time to write a book it's time to come out of the closet it's time to start you know talking about this in public did you have a, a moment of fear that you're like i don't know if i want to do this oh absolutely absolutely because people can be very very no mean. stop it <laughs> on the internet on the internet no can't so stop it I, I can't believe that jen <laughs> I know, I know. It's a brutal thing to say, isn't it? Yeah, they can be, we can be so hard on each other. And yeah, yeah, I didn't want to do it, but I knew I had to. So what, and, so, so how did you overcome that fear? Because I did it too with my, in my life to do a show like this. I had to break through some fear. What did you do that you finally just said, I, I have to let it go? What was that thing that made you twitch? For people listening that might be going through something similar in their life, um, that you can maybe help them with that. Well, you know, um, I think when you see who we really are, we're eternity. The mm -hmm. soul of ours is eternity. This little time we're here on earth is so small compared to who we are that you really, I don't know, I just got to a point where I could not be too I could I could no longer be too concerned about any of that, and I'm I'm really trying not to swear because I the the words just just want to flow <laughs> of how how I really learned. It was just saying effort, you know, no more. And that's not to say that I came to perfect peace and no war inside, but I can be there whenever I want, and when I go out of that feeling. I know immediately. I'm just, I'm just, my chain's being yanked and I just need to go back to myself spiritually. Like even, even a week ago, mm -hmm. I, I was online and this woman was drawing cards. I said, sure, draw me a card. And so she drew a card and she said, oh, it's a beautiful card and such a beautiful future. Oh, well, but it looks like you might have to find a demon. 
oh my God, now I'm going to have to find a demon. <laughs> I went into complete overload for a very short length of time. <laughs> There's no demon. Right. I don't have to learn to fight a demon. <laughs> Take that idea and shove it. <laughs> so that's kind of what you have to do. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So with with the work that you've been doing all these years, what's the biggest surprise to you that you weren't expecting this thing to come to you or this effect that you had on somebody? What was that that thing that that you really just caught you off guard in a positive way or negative, but yeah. depending? Well, I think the most amazing thing is finding that when you get out of the road, the energy that will flow is just so amazing. And, and how things and synchronicities will just occur. They'll just come up. And that's, it's just so different from anything that we were ever taught. You know, you work hard and you have to be determined and, oh, oh. That's not true. You actually surrender to it. You let it go. You stop feeling like you're in control and you have to know. And, and as soon as you do that, things just turn into this beautiful magnetic way of, of um, letting things into your life that, that flow perfectly. And that's been the most surprising thing because we're taught so deeply to control it all and to you know, sign all the sign all the paperwork and dot the I's and cross the T's. And none of that is true. It's it's essentially faith is what we're talking about. Faith in something larger than yourself, faith that you will be protected. These are things that they're not. They don't tell you. They don't. They they say that oh that's not possible. You've got to control everything. You got to do this or you got to do that. And look, you got to pay your taxes. You got to hire an accountant. You got to, you know, you got to make sure the mortgage is paid. Like there's certain things you have to do. There's no question about it. You can't say like, no, no, the universe will handle my mortgage payment. Let me know how that works out. I mean, that's generally not the way that things work. Uh, they, the universe might help you find the job or find, you know, income to pay that rent uh, as long as you're working towards that. But it's not going to just magically, oh, look, I just didn't have to pay it this month because the universe picked up the tab. Yeah, and there's that thing, there's that thing of 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 um soul and and human being that mm. comes into play that we have to accept. There are certain things that you just can't get around. And so you sit down and you do those things, but then you kind of drop away the control. You let it go. But it's scary, Chan, isn't it? It is at the, scary. At the but, beginning. You know, yeah, at the beginning. When I was a child though. I had this experience at about 10 years old where a uh, man tried to abduct me. Oh, wow. And I didn't know what to do because I'd never been taught anything about that shit. We lived in a small town where that didn't happen. Nothing mm -hmm. like that happened. And so I stopped in my tracks and I said, I don't know what to do. I have no idea what to do. Help me. And I don't know how I need, knew to do that. And, you know, the whole thing just unfolded. He was in a car. I was on foot. And I was able to just go, duh, 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 and know exactly what to do. The most profound thing that ever happened in my life was maybe that. Really? And when it was all over, I said, how did that happen? I completely gave up any control, any control of knowing any step to take. And I was just completely held and guided and taken to safety. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. If, if we're able to just let go a little bit, life becomes so, so much easier. Yeah. And it's, and, and I know people listening right now are, it's, it's scary. I, trust me. It took me a long time to find it. To believe it, and I was told by other people the same the same thing we're saying right now. You have to have faith that when you walk off that cliff, there'll be a step there for you to step on, and the next yeah. step you take, there'll be another step there, 
And then not only will there be a step there, but they're going to be pushing you in the direction that you need to go to for your best interests. So it's such a counterintuitive way of looking at life. But yes. when you take yeah. that little leap, even if it's something small, it just changes um, your entire life. Life becomes so much easier, so, so much easier. And it's, and I've been on the other end of that where I'm trying to control everything. And I, I took it to a place where I almost went bankrupt and, yeah. and, and I had to climb my way back out of it. But if you just, and it's so funny, it's been there all the time. Yeah. It's been there but the it, entire time. I'm the one that just wasn't listening. I'm the one that said, no, no, no. I know best. You sit in the back and it, whatever it is, the universe, consciousness, your guides, whatever. They're like, well, wait, well, let, yeah. maybe this life, maybe the next we'll be here. <laughs> it's so, it's, it's so complex but it's so easy yeah you know it's so complex so easy and yeah the belief is where people have trouble the the trust and yet if they just maybe i don't know maybe if they listen to enough stories they'll go okay i'll try just a little bit maybe that's it and that's why I'm doing what I do is to tell stories like this and say the same information a lot of times in different ways with different, you know, people hearing from different points of view. But it's at the end of the day, everything we're talking about is it's been said a million times by a million people. It's not that we're yeah. treading new water here. It is maybe today's the day. Maybe somebody was, you know, scrolling through YouTube and this video popped up. And they and something told them, you know what? Watch this, and this is the the answer to the question that they had in their mind. And the hearing yeah. this conversation maybe changes their perspective and go, you know what? I'm going to take that. I'm going to leave my job, and go do what I really want to do because this is where I feel, and I'm going to take that. I'm going to take those steps. Um, yeah, I'm not telling everybody to quit their job. <laughs> just put that out there. Don't quit your job. Don't be dumb. Just, you know, just, but, but if you've had this long conversation with yourself, yes, if that's the right way to go or whatever that challenge might be to trust and it might not come right away. And that's the other thing people really need to understand when you make that jump, sometimes it's, sometimes you could see it. You could see that the spark happen. Other times it takes a little bit. It's almost like the universe is going, okay, let's see how long you can go down this road without having verifiable proof. It's some little, maybe a couple of breadcrumbs until you're down that path a while. Then, then the universe goes, okay, let's, let's open up the real doors now. And it could take a little time. So that's the other thing too. Not the second you say it, it automatically turns on. Is that your experience as well? Um, you know, I think it's true, but I think it's also true. If you, we are so much in control. We are the commander of this ship. And if we believe it's going to take a while, it will. But if we say, I'm going to do it now and it's going to happen now, we're heard. We're heard. And I'm not saying that that would be the case for everybody because everybody has a different way of believing and, and falling into the trust and the surrender. And so you can say that, but if you're not believing it, if you're saying it from an intellectual point of view, the universe knows. Well, that <laughs> and and, but that's the thing that I was kind of saying is like when I first said, you know, in this experience, I said, I'm all in. That's the beginning of the door up, the door opening. But yes, in the back yes. of my head, there's doubts still. And they're smaller doubts, but they're still doubts. Not as big of a doubt as I had before. Now I'm starting on the path. And it mm -hmm. was me stopping it from moving forward only until, you know, six months down the line that I just said, oh, oh. There's stuff happening, not exactly the way I wanted to do, but it's happening. I'm going to keep, and it took me time to open up to the point where I just like, I believe hundred percent. I don't have to worry about anything anymore. And when that happened shortly thereafter, things blew up in a way that I can't, I can't explain. And when you're, and it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing. When you get an opportunity, you meet that person you get that job, 
you know, that thing you've been waiting for opens up or something better that you ever could even conceive of, which is generally always the case, by the way, that we, we have, we think small. Yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> we think small. It's like, you know, I really, I just want five bucks. Well, you just got a million dollars. And I'm just using it as an example, but you know, it's like, you, there's little steps. So you're like, you can't, cause you can't believe like, no, there's no way that I'm going to meet that person. And then a month later, there's an elevator ride. And that person happens to walk into the elevator with you. Yeah. There's your shop. That's happened. That's happened so many yeah. times in my life. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Isn't that wonderful? It, it, so, it is. So grand. No, we, we're even. Go no, ahead. no, no, no. You go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. We are even in control. And, and I don't say this in any way to make anyone who's sick feel that it's their fault, but we can jump into the, to the seat or jump out of the seat and command ourselves within our body to be healthy. And that's another thing that's so mind blowing, uh, but it takes belief and it takes understanding. But once you have the belief and the understanding, you can come, you can command yourselves to do what you want them to do, which well, is be healthy. Well, I mean, and, and a lot of people listening might go, that's foo-foo stuff. I'm like, well, no, there's science behind it. It's called the placebo effect. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, that is the science behind it, isn't it? Isn't it the, pl- the placebo effect is the belief that the pill that they're giving you is the cure for your sickness. And if you do believe in it, it throws, it throws um, clinical tests. Always they throw it like they, like it throws their, their numbers out of whack. I've heard doctors. I'm like, this damn placebo thing is ruining my, my findings. And, and then yeah. you can stop and go, dude, if the placebo is working, should you maybe investigate that instead of this new drug? I'm just throwing that out there. If it's so it is, there is scientific fact behind the, the power of the mind to heal yourself. There's no question, but it takes a belief, an unwavering belief. That's why the placebo effect yes. is so powerful because when you, when someone in authority in a white coat gives you a pill and says, this is a new, a new pill that will cure you, you believe it. And if you believe it, unf- and if, if I've seen placebo uh, tests that they did that, and then the person lost their cancer, lost the disease, lost whatever, and then find out that it was a sugar pill and they go right back to getting sick. Yeah. Six months later, a year yeah. later, it's fat. It's there's so much we don't know. And yet there is so much we do know. We just don't use it. Yes. And even when we know it, we can still fall out of that knowing, <laughs> which is again, the human and the spiritual side of us. Uh, but being human is, is an amazingly wonderful thing. And as long as I can be here, I want to be here because this is such a big experience, such a big experience. I mean, so is, I guess this is a pretty, I'm getting pretty interesting, interesting uh, journey to say the least. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes to help people understand a little bit about the depth of the wisdom of energy, I take people back. I like to take people back to the beginning of time. And this has definitely scientific parts to it as well. Um, but in the beginning of time, there was nothing but energy. There were no planets. There was just the flow of energy. And this would be billions and billions of years ago. I guess as humans, we like to understand the time. When when did it happen? What are you talking about? But just think of the universe as nothing but energy. And when it was in that state which it probably stayed in for a long time. And then it figured out how to combine itself. And when it did that, it created mass. So that's kind of cool. Uh, but then uh, not long ago, I learned that when mass was first created, anti-mass would just gobble it up. So I think maybe energy thought, well, maybe we won't like mass. So 
we'll have something to get rid of it. And then energy decided, no, it kind of liked mass. So, but what's it going to do? Because it had already created anti-mass, which gobbled up the mass every time it was created. So what came about, and this feels like a fairy tale to me whenever I tell it, what came about is these quirks that I talked about earlier, the beginning of mass, four of those quirks were taken and they were wrapped in what's called a cue ball, which was invisible to antimatter. <laughs> so these, these quirks hid inside this uh, invisible cloak, I call it, which was the eight, um, which was what energy created to hide this from antimatter. And then as soon as the quakes burst, this coating would, the cue ball would disappear. And what happened is so many quirks were hidden for so long. And then, because quirks were much slower to burst, right? We talked about that. And then when there was this massive burst of all these quirks, antimatter had no way of keeping up with it. So mass got away on antimatter and then everything evolved slowly, slowly to create the planets we have and and us here today the universe yeah. um yeah it's it's so incredible that um energy was able to figure out how to move through all these amazing little steps to bring um, us here today without question uh jen i'm gonna ask you a few questions ask all of my guests what is your definition of living a good life living a good life is living your own happiness because that's very hard to do very often we and i think this is men as well as women we think when the people around us are happy that we need to live that life mm. but truly digging inside yourself and finding what your happiness is, what makes your soul sing. What is your definition of God? Energy. And what is uh, the ultimate purpose of life? Different for everyone. My, my soul has told me for years, I, I've created peace for people. Now my purpose is to create harmony. So my soul, I think we are here to evolve our soul. I think that's our purpose. I think that's our life purpose. So if we're here to evolve our soul, we have to find what brings us joy. As soon as we find what brings us joy, the energy that flows through us is so perfect because um, when you're in joy, the energy flows the way it wants to flow, the way it can create most magnificently. And where can people find out more about you, your books, and the work you're doing? Uh, well, best to email me. I, again, I'm not very traditional. I did like websites, so I don't have one right now. Maybe I will again sometime, but yeah, I put my email in there. Just email me. I, do, I like to do group work, but I also like to do one-on-one. -on -one. I do lots of one-on-one -on -one, um, with people trying to find their peace or their harmony or just not be so scared. And your I books... think the opposite, I'm sorry, I think the opposite of love is actually fear. I yeah. think it's fear. And so if you can fall out of fear, you can fall into a loving space and that's perfect. And your books are available on Amazon and all those places as well, right? They are. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll put your, I'll make sure to put your email in the show notes. Uh, and do you have any parting messages for uh, the audience? Um, just live in the feeling of love. That's the essence of you. And uh, the more we do that, the more we'll change the world. And that's where the world is heading. So preach, sister, preach. <laughs> <laughs> Jan, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for not be only being on the show, but sharing your journey and for the work you're doing to help the world. My dear, I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for all you do as well. And thank you for having me on. 
I want to thank Jan so much for coming on the show and sharing her story with all of us. Thank you so much, Jan. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 177. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.